Are you having any of those moments right now or maybe in the last few weeks where you're thinking, gosh, it's so hard to show up with the amount of energy and motivation and drive that I need to for my team because they need you to show up that way, right, in order for them to stay motivated and stay optimistic. It's a real challenge, you all, that a lot of us are experiencing right now in this moment of massive disruption. It's what I want to talk about in this episode. I am Russ Hill. Welcome to the Decide to Lead podcast, the podcast for those who've made the decision to lead and are looking for help in influencing others. This is episode 56. This is the Decide to Lead podcast with Russ Hill. How do you motivate your team when the future is so uncertain? How do you inspire and motivate other people when you might be totally stressed or maybe even full of fear? That's what I want to talk about in this episode. To get more content like this delivered right to you, just tap on the subscribe button below. So we all know how important it is for teams to have optimism, for organizations to be mobilized and motivated to adapt and be working super hard right now in order to not only thrive in the future, but survive in many cases over the next few months in this massive disruption that we're going through right now as part of COVID-19. And so when you find a team that's not motivated, when you find an organization where they lack drive or the energy or inspiration, if you will, in order to try to achieve results, What's the problem? Where do you look in order to diagnose what the problem is? In my experience, the place to look is at the leader because teams are really in many ways a mirror of their leaders. And they certainly are in this area, in areas of passion, in areas of motivation, in energy and optimism. Teams reflect what they see in their leaders. So it's critically important that we show up that way on whatever team we are leading. And so to demonstrate this and and how I learned this lesson, I wanna tell you a story. When I was back in the media business, there was a time when I was responsible for the ratings. I had responsibility to oversee the ratings and the team that produced the ratings in our news and sports products. And so the ratings came out, which they did every month, and I reviewed the ratings. And we were in the middle of a turnaround project and I looked at the ratings and I, I was devastated by them because I thought they would be better by now than they were in the spreadsheet that I got from our ratings company. And it totally weighed on me. And it was, it really was devastating to me. I remember going home that night and just thinking, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I've got what it takes to turn this around in order to get these ratings to lift up and get the audience to respond the way we are trying to get them to respond, to get people to tune in as much as we need them to tune in. So within a few days of those ratings coming out, my boss at the time, a guy by the name of Eric, one of the best leaders I've ever worked for, Eric called me into his office. He worked on the first floor. I worked in the second floor. Eric called me and he said, Russ, what's the problem? What's wrong? And I said, what are you talking about, Eric? And I played totally dumb, (laughs) right? I said, "What, what do you mean? He said, Russ, something's weighing on you. Something's different these last few days. And Eric was the kind of leader who you could say the truth to. You could be candid and real. He created that kind of culture. You knew you weren't going to be punished. You knew that he was vulnerable and you could be too. I don't know that I should have been as vulnerable as I was in that next moment, but I was just exhausted and full of uncertainty. 
So I said, Eric, I probably shouldn't say this. I did say that to him. Eric, I probably shouldn't say this, but I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can turn this thing around. I don't know if I can deliver what we need to deliver. And Eric could have responded so many ways, right? Here's how he chose to respond. He looked at me and he said, Russ, do you know what we're selling right now? And I I was a little bit confused by the question. Yeah, we're selling the content. We're selling commercials on these stations. And uh, and I I, I responded with something like, I don't know, Eric, what do you mean? And he said, we, the ratings are not good. You're right. And so that sales team out there, what they're selling right now is your swagger. What he meant was your optimism, your belief that we can turn this around, your vision of where you're taking this. And so he said to me, when you come into our sales meeting and what the salespeople see and what they feel from you is what they're translating into dollars right now. If we lose that, if I lose that, we've got nothing to sell. That's what he said to me. And then he said, Russ, so here's what I need you to do. Figure it out. Figure out how to get out of this funk, and I need you to walk out of my office and continue to have the swagger that you've demonstrated since we hired you. Meaning, be optimistic, have energy, believe in the plan, all of that. And then he dismissed me. That was the extent of our meeting. And I went home that night, and I remember thinking about what Eric had said to me. I remember thinking about my team more than I had been thinking about me. Here's what I mean. I started thinking about the team I had assembled, the people that I had elevated or hired or recruited around me, and the people who were on the air and the people who were producing and writing content. And I remember thinking, you know what, if anybody can figure this out, it's the team we've assembled. It's not perfect and we've got pieces we still need to adjust, but this team has tons of experience. They have so much wisdom to pull on. They're collaborating like no team I've ever worked for. They've got passion and energy, and they're working their tails off to try to accomplish this. And yeah, the ratings haven't caught up with what we're putting out of the speakers or what we're producing to the marketplace, but it will come. And so the more I thought you all about the team And the less I thought about my individual capacity and ability and expertise and smarts, the more optimistic I got. And that was a powerful, powerful lesson for me. It's been a lot of years since I had that experience. Oh, by the way, I should tell you, before I get into the lessons, we did turn it around. And we did accomplish what we set out to do. And the ratings, it wasn't like the very next report came out. We went, wow, we're number one in everything. It didn't happen that way. But it progressed. It got better. And we saw improvements. And it was two steps forward, one step back, right? That's how life moves. And so we, we actually accomplished what we set out to do. And at, looking back at that experience all these years later, two lessons, two things really stand out to me. The first is, What I've already said, which is teams reflect, they are a mirror, they reflect the level of optimism, the level of energy, the work ethic, the drive, and the passion that the leader possesses. Those aren't different. So if you've got issues with the team or the organization's belief, optimism, agility, ability to adapt, all of those things, the place to fix it is in the office home office right now, of the leader, because teams reflect it. 
Okay, that's one lesson I learned in that experience. The second, I think about often, especially now in what I do for a living in consulting and coaching organizations. So now it's just on a much larger scale. So somebody who leads a team of 20,000 or heads an organization of 100,000 people, as you go in and you make you diagnose and assess their culture and the results they're trying to achieve, I know, I know it's a fact that the team's going to reflect all those things that the leader uh, presents and projects and demonstrates. So that's a, that was a powerful lesson for me. Number two, um, I think about, reflecting on that, I think about Eric. And I think about, in that moment when he called me into his office, you know what wasn't on my mind or didn't cross my mind at all was how concerned he was <laughs> and how much fear or uncertainty or stress he felt. I was completely consumed by the level of stress and anxiety I felt. So if I felt that much, can you imagine what he felt? And yet, what what did he choose to do as he felt that concern and felt that stress? He chose to invest, to motivate, to inspire, to double down on the leaders he had surrounded himself with, on the people he had surrounded himself with. He did exactly what I discovered I needed to be doing. And so Eric could have done so many things. You, you think about unhealthy cultures. And when we're struggling to achieve results, what do leaders in unhealthy or toxic cultures do? They can't wait to find someone to punish, someone to blame, someone to point the finger at and go, it's right there. And while we are, as leaders, responsible for assessing and evaluating the leaders we have around us, if we've chosen wisely, if we put the right team together, and we never do that perfectly. And so there are moments when we look at a leader and we go, wow, they're totally optimistic and they totally believe, but man, is their ability to make decisions terrible. Or they're not able to adapt fast enough, or they're optimistic, they've got energy, they're working hard, but they're protecting turf and defending the status quo. Therefore, I need to make a change. Or they aren't tapping into the expertise around them. So they're optimistic. They've got, they're inspired about what they can achieve, but they're not utilizing the expertise and wisdom that we have surrounded or they've surrounded themselves with. So you have to make a change. So those situations, those realities exist. I don't want to ignore those. But the lesson from Eric for me was in the moment when he faced a decision, a leader in front of him expressing concern, stress, being overwhelmed, he chose to motivate them, to inspire them, to lift them, to help them rather than to punish or go, oh, good, I found the person to blame. And in cultures, I see it all the time in organizations that we consult. Some of them, you find areas of the business where leaders do that. And so to everyone who is experiencing stress, who has some doubts, who is concerned about the future, looking at the plan for 2020 and 2021 and going, oh no, what are we going to do? To everyone who might be feeling the weight and I know that it comes in waves, right? I'm sure you're like so many others where you're super optimistic and feeling really good one hour or one day and the next you're like, wow. It's like me when I got those ratings. You're like, I, I thought we'd turn this around fast, right? I, what are we going to do? I don't know how much longer it can be. If you're feeling the pressure all of, of all of that, what I would convey to you is, number one, you're not alone. So many people, so many leaders are feeling that too. Number two, how you choose. Well, I guess number two, let me say this. Number two is allow yourself to feel that. 
Allow yourself to experience it. Don't just completely reject it. I totally felt it took me a couple days when those ratings came out and the story I just shared with you. I took a couple days of just feeling the weight of it. And then I had to choose to, okay, how am I showing up? What effect is this having on the team? I'm not sure I would have adjusted. I'm, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have adjusted without Eric's help, without a strong, wise leader with me, around me, that influenced me. And so allow yourself to feel those emotions, to process them, to fully experience them, and then make a decision that you are going to have the optimism, have the motivation, have the energy, have the passion, believe in the team around you, and then just make sure you've got the right people. Make sure that you're tapping into their expertise. Focus more on their ability than yours. And my experience is that will help you and it will help all of us weather this incredible storm that we're in. Because in my belief, the future has changed directions. That this is a massive event, not just a health event, but that business and how we function as societies has permanently changed in ways we cannot fully comprehend yet. And the leaders of tomorrow who are going to be successful in this moment and tomorrow, especially in the future, are going to look different. They're going to think differently. And, and, and what, one of the things that's so critical right now is that we're adapting and we're doing it with optimism and energy and belief and tapping into the expertise around us. So thanks for tuning into this episode. Again, if you found value in what we talked about today, tap on the subscribe button below. Share with a friend. If you're watching on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast, please post on social media or text someone, text a link to this to a friend who could benefit from hearing this. And I hope you'll leave a comment or a like or whatever, whatever feedback you choose to share. It's so meaningful to me when you all reach out to me on LinkedIn or in the comments or leave a review. It, it, it helps me know that this content's actually making a difference. So thanks so much for tuning in as part of our series, Accelerate through disruption in Decide to Lead. We'll talk to you soon.